Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. I'm going to have a conversation before we move into practice. This is how I typically like to start my practices, shape the practice and why I'm teaching what I'm teaching. And I often like to talk about things that don't often get talked about. And so that's what I'm going to attempt to do this morning. And uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> and it's always a risk having these kinds of conversations because it's easy to be offended. It's easy to be offended. It's just an illusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> and so that's not the attempt to offend you. The attempt is to create a conversation. And so there's certain things I'm including, and there's certain things I'm excluding for a reason, and such as any decision. We choose anything, we have to exclude a lot of things, and so these conversations are just like that. I'm attempting to include to shape the conversation, and ideally see yourself in the conversation that will support the class focus. The class focus today is on your glutes, your cheeks. Yeah, what a treat. <laughs> we have a tendency of holding anger in our glutes. Anger. Left side, anger towards women. Right side, anger towards men. And then you could ask yourself, well, do you have anger towards men and women? And the honest answer would be, yes, of course I do. Of course I do. And so our bodies are this holding, this holding pattern. They have, uh, our bodies have a tendency of holding various different experiences. So if you think about your life, you've had billions of experiences. Billions. Ideally, you have billions more. And where does that all go through? Your body. And sometimes our body holds on to specific experiences. And I argue for a reason. Because it reinforces experiences that we're so used to. Many go, billions go through, some stick around. And so now that you know the class focus, I'm going to build the case of why you may have anger <laughs> and where it's held in your body. And so that's the attempt of this conversation. I'm gonna focus in on relationships and create this uh, I'm including this, like, what would you say, archetypal, ar archety archetypal um, story in some ways, uh, with characters that we know well. And one is the queen and one is the king. I've been hearing this a lot lately, you know, these archetypes of king and queen. I thought it was interesting, and so I started thinking about it. And it's like, how does this actually play out in real life? And how does that show up in relationships? And I think it does. The qualities of these archetypes do. And we're attracted to them in various different ways. The qualities of the queen, the qualities of the king, these kinds of things. And it's strange, but these stories have been around for a long time. You know, these archetypes. And so that's the case I'm building here this morning, using these particular archetypes. We'll see how it goes. Up on the board are some distinctions. And on the top board is relationships. And you see on the top side, it's men and how they see women. 
Men see women as the dragon. I'd say that's pretty true. The dragon. Terrifying and dangerous. Terrifying and dangerous. And you are. That is for sure. I know that. That's definitely how I see you. Not all the time, but at times. Horrifying. <laughs> that I will be devoured. Devoured. If not burnt and disfigured in some way. And I would say that's how most men see women, whether they admit to it or not. And that provokes extremes in behavior. If you look in the room, it's like, okay, I got one brother in the house here. <laughs> okay, my one brother got my back. <laughs> The extremes in behavior when men see women as the dragon, meek and quiet, or frustrated and offensive. And you've definitely seen both. You've been an experience of both. And if you look at the men in your life, it's like, how do they behave around you at times? My tendency is to be meek and quiet. That's been my tendency in my life. And of course, at times, I've been frustrated and offensive. And so the extremes that have played out for me when I've been challenged through this archetype, the way in which I've seen women. The other way, conversely, you can see women as the queen, which is very different. A different way of seeing, which is useful, absolutely. Graceful and compassionate are some qualities. I mean, there's many other qualities, obviously. I just chose two. The behaviors in response, men have a tendency of being confident and supportive, being confident and supportive of the queen. And it's interesting. And how those behaviors in response change fundamentally. They're very different. And so for me as a fella, it's like, okay, how do I want to show up in life? How do I want to behave in the presence of women? And my hope would be confident and supportive. That's how I'd like to be, not the opposite of that, because I already know what that gets me, nothing good. And so if I can be confident and supportive, that's a good thing. It's not only good for me, but it's also good for the women that I get to spend time with. But it's also how I see, how I see you, and how important that is. And it's like a frame of reference. I could easily choose the frame of reference that I am concerned and need to be concerned and defensive. I think what's often missed in this equation is how emotionally unsafe men feel in the presence of women. That's how it seems to me, which is kind of absurd in some ways, but that's certainly been my experience in spending time with men. That's how I see it. Men don't admit that typically. They might not even know it but the tendency is to be emotionally unsafe in the presence of women. That's why men are so weird around you. <laughs> and you know that better than anybody. And if you look at the men in your life, you'll get a sense of what I'm speaking about. The men are in your life are weird around you at times. And it's all how they're seeing you.
and it changes. And it certainly changes based on how you're behaving in any given moment. And that matters. The impact that we have on each other is significant. And sometimes that's missed. You could even argue oftentimes that's missed. The impact that we have on each other. The opposite is women see men as the beast. Heinous, frightening. And I'd say that's true. Spending so much time with women, I've spent a lot of time with women. Oh my goodness. <laughs> kind of like this. What I've noticed is women feel physically unsafe in the presence of men. Which most men don't have any concept of, which is very strange. But how much attention women have on their physical safety was stunning to me. It's like, wow, that's what you think through constantly. Where you're positioning yourself in the world and how much importance and significance you put on that and for obvious reasons, which is often missed. Extremes in behavior is timid and silent or defensive and abrasive. And you're both. You can get a sense of that, I imagine. Then you could ask yourself, which one are you more often? And that's good for you to know. Are you more timid and silent in the presence of men? Or are you the opposite, defensive and abrasive? And of course, it shifts and changes, and we know that, based on your company. Anybody got a sense of this? Which one are you typically? Timid and silent? Okay. Defensive and abrasive? Okay, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Who else? Defensive and abrasive? Oh my goodness, what a crew I'm in here. Okay, for you? Defensive and abrasive. Okay. In between. Okay, yeah, that happens. Okay. Okay, two minutes on. Okay. Yeah, you just go straight <laughs> straight abrasive. Okay. Yeah, that's it. I passed the defensive and straight into abrasiveness. Okay, I like it. And you know how what that creates for you, the experience that you have. Nobody knows that better than you. And what that creates. It's nothing good. It's nothing good for you. And it's nothing good for the men that you choose to spend time with or don't. And that's a problem. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Yeah, the power position. Yeah, good. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Conversely, when we can see men as the king, this archetype, I'm not saying you have to, it's just one way of seeing it, integral and confident. The behaviors and response is encouraging and stable. That's nice to have around. And then you could ask yourself, who do you wish to be in the presence of the men you spend time with? Do you want to be timid and silent or defensive and abrasive or encouraging and stable? And you have a choice in that. And it's your frame of reference, who you choose to be. And you think about the men in your life and who they would like you to be in their presence and the kind of force you can be in their life. I could imagine they want, they'd want you to be encouraging and stable. And so they can feel safe. And if they feel safe, you feel safe. 
Everybody gets to feel safe, which is a very foreign experience, I can assure you, which is strange to say. And how often this isn't talked about, how terrified we are of each other. It's very bizarre. And the fear-based experience that we're in, that we're terrified of each other and pretend that we're not. It's an immediate conflict. And that's what we play out every single day, this conflict that we're in. I want to spend time with you, but I don't know how, because you're terrifying. That's the equation, trying to figure each other out without having the real conversation that needs to be had. And it's no wonder that there's so much strife and conflict in relationship with this, with this underpinning it, the fear, the concern. Men feeling emotionally unsafe, women feeling physically unsafe. And you can argue about that. You know, it's like, who has the more right to feel unsafe? You could argue about that. But the reality is that we are in a fear-based experience and we share that. Absolutely. And ultimately, we're attempting to weaken each other so we can be in the power position. That if shit hits the fan, I can crush you. And we have a tendency of collecting people around us that we can keep weak. That we keep weak. We don't want strong people around us at times. Because when things don't go our way, having the ability to crush somebody is important. So we can feel safe, which is this false sense of security. So not only are we keeping ourselves weak, we're keeping everybody else around us weak. And you could say, well, I don't do that. And it's like, yes, you do. And you're doing it right now with yourself, of course. And if that's true for you, it's true for everybody else in your life. And that's what's so absurd. The opposite is to, the opposite is a frame of reference is we have so much to learn from each other and we can miss that. We have so much to learn. That's been my experience. Women have been the greatest teachers in my life by far. Absolutely. Getting to that position where I could be taught by women was horrifying and very difficult and painful, painful, painful to put myself in that position. But it was worthwhile. I can say that now because I'm on the other side of it. I'm not saying you don't terrify me still because it's true. But being in the yoga world, owning a place like this has given me many opportunities to practice being with you in ways I could be with you and attempting to be a safe place for you. And so I could be, I could feel safe in the presence of you. And that's been a significant commitment I've had along the way. How do I create a safe space for women? And that's not easy. That is not easy, I can assure you. But when it happens, it's brilliant. Because we can actually be together and share space together and learn from each other. And that's what we need more than anything else. So we have to confront the enemy. <laughs> and that's some distinctions up on the bottom board. The enemy. Find someone to demonize, turn them into the enemy so you can have an adversary. Somebody you can compete with and dominate ultimately. <laughs> Strange way of looking at it, 
But that's ultimately how we can present ourselves in relationships. You're the enemy and I need to compete with you and dominate. It's the whole premise of sports, isn't it? We do that with each other. We're not just competing with one person. It's like we're competing with half of the population on the planet or something close to that. I'm not fearful of one woman, women, woman. I'm fearful of whatever it is, three and a half, four billion of you. And that's true for you. You're not just seeing one fellow, one man concerned about one guy. It's about the three or three and a half billion other men that are on the planet. And that you have to be ready. Embrace for impact. Never let your guard down. It's a tough stance. It's energetically depleting. That's why we can be so depleted. It's one of the ways. If you're battling outside of yourself, and that is the tendency with others, you've misplaced the enemy. The enemy is not outside of you. That's the trick. The consideration is the enemy within. The enemy, the ultimate predator, predator is the enemy that you harbor in your own heart that hates you. And there is that piece of you. Self-contempt, self-disgust, the part of you that hates you. That's the enemy that you harbor in your own heart. And you use the scapegoat of other people it's not me, it's them. They're the enemy. And the idea is to turn inside of you and take the battle in. Which is very difficult to do, but needed. And I'm not suggesting you don't need to be concerned. Or be fearful at times, because that's important. Have the capacity to handle yourself, that's important. Not everybody's good in this world. You, you could argue nobody is good in this world. You could make that argument easily, and I often do. <laughs> that we're not good and that's concerning and so the antidote of all of this how do you defeat evil you defeat the evil in your own heart welcome to the practice to get after yourself to do that on that to solve the problem that you have and you have a problem it's the enemy that lives within that is looking to pull you apart strip by strip to undermine and devalue everything that you do, every relationship that you're in, and you know it well. Nobody knows that better than you, the thousand voices that live within. You shouldn't do that. You should be concerned. Stop doing that. Don't trust. Don't respect. Don't be vulnerable. It's a bad idea. You'll be hurt. Somebody's going to take advantage of you. Stop it. Hunker in. Bunker down. You have to choose. Cower and wait for your fears to devour you, and they will, absolutely, and you know that. Or expose yourself to what you're afraid of. And to put yourself out in the world so you can expose yourself to the very things you won't expose yourself to, whatever that may be. In relationships, it's like an endless list of things that you're concerned about and afraid of. But what are you actually doing about your concerns and fear? 
Are you holding on to them so they eventually devour you? Or are you making some progress where you know you need to make progress? Whatever that might look like, who knows? And so you being on your mat is all about developing strength, a strength-based posture. So you can confront what you need to confront within your relationships. And most specifically, the relationship you have to yourself. And how you confront yourself and compete. And you are the adversary that needs to be constrained in some ways. To stop putting the battle outside of you. It's a hell of an ask. You won't like it. It's so easy to put the blame and the battle outside of ourselves. And that's the tendency. It's not me. It's you. It's them. And to stop doing that. What do you not like about this conversation? It's an interesting question. Could be a lot. Maybe the whole damn conversation. I don't know. What do you not like about this conversation? I'm just curious. I've been noticing in my body as I hear you speak about this, because um, what you're speaking to is very much so through the lens of fear. Mm -hmm. And just noticing in my body how like, much I was closing to the topic around fear mm. just based off of Okay. So feeling fear in your body through this conversation? Yeah. 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 Where'd you feel it? Where in your body? In my heart. In your heart? Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. Paige, what do you have for us? Thanks for saying that. Yeah, and as a solo female traveler, I see many of them come through these doors. Always fascinating to me. You know, the, the confidence, the strength, the sense of adventure, and what's actually being confronted in all of that. It's not so easy. It's very complicated. And be very easy for me to sit back and be like, well, what's the big deal? It's a big deal. I mean, I, it, I can barely relate to what you must have to go through on a daily basis. And I appreciate you not pummeling with the insults to this conversation. <laughs> but it's some real concerns. You know, in a conversation like this, the attempt is to provoke the conversation, but then also learn from it. And 
I often desire and wish there was more fellows here to hear these kinds of conversations. My one brother in the house. Yes. Yeah. 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 We all need to hear it for sure. You're going to say? Yeah, absolutely. See the last part? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's romantic or anything like that. Just, you know, I thought I'd choose something to talk about. Yeah. And so I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. But it's really how we see each other in the frame of reference and strip away the king, the queen, these kinds of things, you know, those archetypes and insert whatever you, you must. But thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. Just think, sort of in that same vein, um, I was thinking about the way that I model those behaviors within like communities of women, um, mm-hmm. and sort of thinking about like I tend to be timid and silent around like, large groups of women. And mm-hmm. I don't, usually, one on one, I don't feel that way. So it was interesting to just consider how, like how my, I don't know how how I interact or eventually or adapt to. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for that point. You know, and this is, you know, you cross it out. What's that? Women are scary. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're so civil. Absolutely. It's definitely needed as well. You know, so this crosses in various different ways. You know, how you relate to women, how me as a fellow, relating to other men, and so on and so forth. I mean, it's complex. You know, the idea of this conversation is really to pinpoint the fear that we live in, attempting to be in a relationship with each other. It's very difficult. That's just not men and women, or however you want to say that. You know, but it's also with each other, women to women, men to men, these kinds of things. It's very complex. And so that's the attempt of this conversation, of provoking the conversation and see how anger can manifest based out of relationships, resentment. I'm fearful and I resent not only myself, but I'll blame you because I'm feeling this way. And how resentment can manifest into anger. And anger unrestrained is very dangerous, very dangerous. And the idea is to have the capacity to integrate your anger, which is often missed. Knowing that you can be dangerous and can bite when you need to, but choose not to. That's the integration that most people miss. And so they're loosely dangerous, which is a bad idea. And bite. And do terrible things in this world. To themselves and each other. And that's the unrestrained anger. That's the problem. And having the capacity to integrate where this goes 
and where this chain of events takes us. And it is nowhere good, that is for sure. And we all know that well. It's like turn on the news for five minutes and you can see how heinous we can be as individuals. And if you think, oh, I could never be that way, you don't know yourself very well. Kevin, can some of that um, anger, like I see it as like, again, like um, it doesn't matter if you're like male, female, or female, female, male, male, mm -hmm. relationship, in workplace, whatever, mm -hmm. that power position, when some of it is preemptive strikes, some, yeah. some of it is out of fear, so mm -hmm. I'm going to fight you before, you, before I get bitten. I don't want to be the one to get bitten, so I'm going to be the fear, fearful one, mm -hmm. so I'm going to try to cover position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You start to pay attention to how you position yourself in this world, and specifically with people. There's a lot to be seen in that. There's a school of thought. Either we are dominating or avoiding domination in relationship. And if those two experiences, just think of that. You know, where are you positioning yourself in relationship? Are you looking to dominate or avoid domination in your relationships? Even through that lens, you'll start to notice like, wow, I got a lot of attention on this. If you start to notice this, it's like, where does it come from? What are the origins? So you're feeling unsafe. And it's like, why? Why are you feeling so unsafe? And there's good reasons to feel unsafe, obviously, but maybe not to the extent that you feel unsafe, that you could actually feel more safe than you are these days. That's the potential and that's the possibility. If you're able to create that for yourself on your mat, you can do it somewhere else in your relationship and to give up the fear and the concern that you have and sometimes for no good reason. That you can feel unsafe with people that you actually appreciate, love and care for. It's strange, isn't it? <laughs> that you can still feel unsafe around people you say that you love. That's the problem. Yes. for bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, this is beyond all of, I mean, you bring up great examples is my point. And ultimately my point is the level of respect we have for each other. However you wanna frame this, whatever frame of reference you use, get out of the archetypes and men, women, all these kinds of things. It's like, where's the level of respect you have? Not only for yourself, but for those that you choose to spend time with. And with no respect, there's not much relationship when we know that and fear, disintegrates any level of respect. What do you have to say? Yeah, what I learned in my schooling was you're conditioned, you have a collective belief to believe mm -hmm. and to like 
okay, well, this man treated me or the woman treated me bad. They're all bad. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, my ex-husband, he crushed me because mm-hmm. he didn't know how to be emotional. He was always big and supportive and mm-hmm. cared for his family. And then actually, he was dying inside emotionally. And he brought out the defense of everything. And so, and because he crushed me that way, I thought it was me. And what I learned was not all men are evil and not all women are evil, you know, and to really disassociate that and really understand that I had my own things inside, mm-hmm. but just to come to that, we have this collective belief men are this way and women are this way. But yep. if you start to look at the world like everyone's their own individual, it's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Which isn't so easy. No. To see each other as an individual. It took yeah. a lot of work. I can say that now. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for bringing that up. So there's a lot in this conversation, you know, but ultimately, how are you respecting yourself? How are you taking yourself on to heal? That's what we all have to do in our own way. To confront the evil that lives within, that undermines the relationships we wish to be in. And we do wish to be in relationships. And whatever those kinds of relationships are, we're designed to be in relationships. It's the better that we can position ourselves out of fear. That's a good thing for you. It's a good thing for others. It's a very different position. And so that's the attempt in this practice to rid yourself of fear and anger. Both exist. Both support each other. So I appreciate you having this conversation. Was it useful? No. Okay. It's a weird, weird thing to be a human being in this world and how fearful we are of each other. It's very strange. So it's nice to be with you. So it's practice time. It is that time. See you on the mat.